What's up, Profiles Be Like listeners? It's your favorite podcast host, Mr. Profiles Be Like. And today, I have with me Ohan Ashe. She is an activist, videographer, and photographer. Um, you uh, might know her. Um, well, this is um, how I, I, I know I know her before this, but um, <laughs> she's uh, definitely lit, been a leader in uh, the movement of uh, Mike Brown. Ohan, how you doing? I am good. I'm super happy we could finally make this happen. Finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> Man. Um, I know uh, I wanted to get you on um, this month specifically mm-hmm. because, you know, um, it's been five years since uh, Mike Brown was shot and killed here in St. Louis, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, we'll get into that uh, pretty soon here. Um, you are a devastating diva, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, right? The best sorority there is. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, when you cross again, Spring 12? Spring 2012 at SEMO. I'm a Crown Pie chapter. And then, uh, well, what's your club? You're a, a quad? Quad. 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 Okay. Quad squad. squad. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Okay, squad. I see you. <laughs> but uh, why did you decide to uh, join uh, Delta? Well, my mom and my aunts are all Deltas. And when I was younger, I went through the Delta Gym program. And that program literally changed my life. Um, I actually went through several Delta programs. And in high school, I was a very timid, uh, soft-spoken girl, and going through the Delta programs through with all of those amazing women um, taught me how to flourish, how to be comfortable with who I am. Um, it was the first time that I was around girls my age and older women, and they just all invited me in. It was so loving, and it definitely just changed my view of the world. Um, and then when I got to CMO, seeing the Deltas on my campus, how strong they were, they were beautiful, they were amazing, they were always doing something for the community, um, and community has always been very important to me, so, I mean, it was it was always meant to be. Knowing some of your profiles, they all are all cool, I just saw one of your profiles that's, uh, that's living in Houston now. And uh, I was like, oh, shoot. Well, I ain't going to say her name over the air or anything. But I'm just like, oh, shoot, what's up? I ain't seen you in a minute, man. Where you been? And she, you know, doing her thing in Houston, man. But, um, yeah, like, uh, I've always admired y'all chapter. Um, y'all uh, y'all definitely do some great things, especially after y'all uh, graduate from college. So, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, Delta means changing. You create changing your community. So, um, it, it all fit for you, right? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, I'm a little creative, I'm a little creative that, that side, you know, a little, little some, some, you know, I got a little bit of, you know, some, some in the back pocket. Um, you silly. So, um, do media STL. That's 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 all you, right? Uh, you do a lot of uh photography, videography, things of that nature. How'd you get into, um, a, you know, uh, into using a camera? Yeah, so in college, my undergrad, I was going for journalism, um, and I ended up hating journalism, like, with a passion. I just wanted to tell people's stories, and I felt like journalism was so, so restrictive, and how you could do that. 
So mm-hmm. I talked to my advisor. Luckily, I had a black woman as an advisor who understood. So she mm-hmm. told me to try video production. So I ended up going into video production, falling in love with it, wanting to do documentaries, loving to do studio work. Um, so that's really got me into picking up like the video camera. And once I graduated and I just was sitting one day and I was like, I love telling people stories, but I wonder if I can tell that same story with one frame. So I self-taught myself photography um, and started falling in love with that even more than videography. So I do videography full time and my side work, I do photography. Gotcha. Okay. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, I've definitely seen some of your work and it's pretty dope, man. You be out here doing the thing, man. You self-taught yourself. I didn't know that part. Yes. I I figured you like went to like, you know, you had some, uh, like that's what your focus was down in SEMO. Uh, But I didn't know you had, you know, self-taught yourself how to use a camera. That's pretty dope. YouTube University. YouTube (laughs) YouTube. University. (laughs) You got your second degree from YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) You silly. (laughs) So then, um, I guess, uh, you know what, I think uh, we'll go, uh, let's rewind the clock instead of going into talking about For the Culture STL because I feel as if For the Culture STL came because of this. So um, take me back to uh, August 9th of 2014. Um, Do you remember what you were doing that day? And for those that don't know what August 9th, 2014 was, that was was the day that uh, Mike Brown uh, was uh, shot and killed. Um, so take, take us back five years ago. Wow. Yes. I remember exactly what I was doing. So at this time I had already graduated college a couple of years earlier. So I was working in my first career job. Um, I moved out of my mom's house, was doing everything like society told me I was supposed to be doing. Um, and I was actually at my mom's house visiting her and she stays, in Jennings, which is, if you are in the St. Louis area, you know, it's right next door to Ferguson. Um, And I just remember being on Twitter when I saw that initial sign from Mike Brown's stepfather that said the Ferguson Police Department just shot my unarmed son. Um, And I just watched the first day, August 9th, 2014, I just watched as all of these stories unraveled um, as they just let this teenager sit I'm not even like lay in the heated sun for four and a half hours, body uncovered for most of it. Um, And I just really couldn't even believe that this was happening in St. Louis and let alone like somewhere so close in the area that I was extremely familiar with. Yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. and I still, I still remember what I was doing because that was uh, my first week at Target. And, of course, we're going to get into Target later. Um, but um, <laughs> that was my first week at Target. And uh, I had, you know, heard on. I was like, wait, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to believe it, you know, that that had happened. But, yeah. um, like, rewinding back five years later, um, I feel like that moment shifted our culture. Um, I feel yes. as if, you know, like, there are some people who, you know, came in to our city and benefited off of it, made themselves like more famous and forgot about the whole purpose, you know? Um, and mm-hmm. there are some people like you who are still out there, you know, fighting the fight. Um, there have been celebrities that, you know, come and, you know, want to quote unquote, march with you and, 
everyone else who um who have you know protested against uh police brutality and things of that nature but then mm-hmm. all of a sudden like leave like i think for instance you and you can back me up on this i heard about uh i guess flavor Flav came here one time <laughs> and he he started marching with y'all and he's like oh this shit is real and he left and like limo and got out of there can you confirm if that's true or not <laughs> listen when i say flavor Flav had on this fur i would never forget it was this pink fur coat we went out in front of Ferguson Police Department and it started to get real because it used to get heated every single night. It would be the community versus the police in the street. When I say he was like, oh, this shit is real. And nobody <laughs> saw him the rest of the night. <laughs> I haven't seen him since. <laughs> oh, man. See? I Okay. Thanks for confirming that because I definitely heard that. I was like, wait, play with play came and he shook? Oh, man. Dang. <laughs> And came back since, man. I ain't seen them since. Ever wanted to show pride in your organization in a way that will stand out? Well, look no further because Superior Supply, your go-to option for exclusive Greek pair collection, is back and better than ever. Releasing some of our classic premium designs, as well as introducing new limited collections that will surely help you stand out from the crowd. Superior Supply will now also feature unique apparel that will surely be a welcome addition to your pair collection. Whether you're looking to complete an outfit for your next big Greek barbecue or performance, or you're looking for the perfect gift to give that Greek in your life. Superior Supply is your go-to source for exclusive premium paraphernalia for the everyday Greek. Superior Supply for the everyday Greek. From August 9th, um, mm-hmm. what what did you decide to do from that moment? I guess did like a like a light bulb go off in your head it was like, you know what? It's time to fight the battle, or you know what? Maybe it's time for me to become a voice box for my generation on these issues. What 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 exactly was going through your head um to get uh you to where you are now? Well, actually when I first went out, it was a group of Greeks and we were going out to clean up West Florissant because my initial thought after the looting and the fires that night was how could my community be torn up right now? Like this is a street that I walk up and down almost every single day. Um that Quick Trip was the Quick Trip that I used to get my gas from. So at first I was furious at the community. Like, why would we let ourselves tear up our own community? I started off as one of those people. Didn't know any better. But while we were out there um, cleaning up, I remember I had my camera on me. We were walking past the Quick Trip and some of us stopped. And I just watched because the community was gathering on the corner of that Quick Trip. And it was just I mean, tears, frustration, talking. It's like early in the morning as this is going on and people are already out there. And while they were out there, about 20 police cars just drive up. And I remember thinking like nothing happened. What's going on? They had the canine dogs. They put on the riot gear, the batons, walking through the crowd, antagonizing the crowd, pushing the people into the street to make disruption. And I was like, But if you're watching the news right now, the only thing you see on replay is the fires, the rioting, the looting, the the thugs, and all all of the criminals is what they were calling us then. 
And I had my camera and I just started like recording. I started using my phone um to record. That was back when Instagram, you only had 15 seconds. So 15 to, seconds. Yes. Yeah. So I used to put up those 15 second clips. Um, and I just realized that the story that was actually happening in Ferguson wasn't being told. The mainstream news was failing at telling the voice of the people. Um, so it was going to be up to the citizens to tell it. So I just used to come out every single night to protest, um, to direct actions, to whatever was going on, community meetings, and just record and post it on social media so at least people could get a taste of what was really happening. Yeah, because, um, I mean, I feel like as media always does, like, they always misconstrue things. Like, mm-hmm. I forget what exactly it was. Um, I don't think this was, uh, this might have been um, a gathering from Mike Brown at a church. But basically, I think like CNN or somebody were inside the church and they were saying, you know, people were gathering in here. The Crips are gathering in here. Oh, but those Crips were the Zetas. Yeah. So it's like, wait, so y'all telling people that, you know, it's gang members? Like, like, what, yeah, like, how you get, you getting gang members mixed up with like sororities? Like, I don't know, like, but, um, they definitely back then for sure, um, when the situation first happened, like, that's all you saw. But it's mm-hmm. good that we had you as a voice of the people to let people really know what was going on, you know? And, um, I think a lot of people, not even like, I mean, sure, it might have been some people, uh, from here that took advantage of like looting and things of that nature but mm-hmm. uh, you know like most of that stuff like people from out of town come to do that stuff as well to make it even a lot worse mm-hmm. and I don't know it's just so much that that happened from that one situation that just um, the story gets mixed and misconstrued and things of that nature so it's good that we have people out there in the streets who can give us the facts um, so thank you for doing you know being the voice of the people here in St. Louis and for our generation, man, you, you definitely doing a good job. I remember, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, I mentioned earlier, we'll bring this up later. Um, when, uh, <laughs> when I was working at Target and, <laughs> <laughs> and y'all came into our store and in that moment, like, and it was like eight or nine o'clock or something like that. And I'm thinking like, yeah, you know, we about to go ahead, close down this store. I'm about to go home, go to sleep. Cause I was off the next day or whatever. Uh, it was a Thursday night. I'll never forget. Um, and uh, so, no, it was a Monday night. It was a Monday night because I was off that. That it was a Monday or Thursday because I was off that Tuesday or Friday. Anyway, um, I see you know a couple. I'm like, man, it's about to start. You know, it's getting a little busy late at night. <laughs> All of a sudden, I hear Channing, and uh, the because of course I was the only leader on duty then as well. The only um store manager at the store the only one uh and granted i'm look and i say this a lot i'm glad i was there because i don't know um how the other managers would have reacted mm-hmm. especially since they were all women and white women at that mm-hmm. so with me being black with me being knowing people with me understanding what y'all was doing i was put in a difficult situation um of course i got called from headquarters you know um to you know uh, they asked me, you know, what was going on. I said, hey, we just got to let them do what they do because I'm not about to, you know, yell and scream and waste my energy for what? Mm-hmm. Like, they they doing it for a purpose, and I understand. So, um, y'all, and I shut this store down just like y'all wanted. 
And uh, yeah, went from there. But uh, it was it was so hard in this situation because like I I was walking with y'all too, so it wasn't like you know like I was like rebelling with y'all. I was you know just walking around the store with y'all, you know, just letting y'all do what y'all do. And I mean, really went from there. But uh, like every time someone asks me like, what's the most uh, difficult situation you've ever been in um, mm-hmm. in your career? And that's up there. It's probably top two and not two. Um, because like, it, seriously, cause it's like one side, like, okay. Um, you know, I'm working here, but then also I'm on their side because I understand mm-hmm. what they're doing. So, um, how do you bring both together? Exactly. So, yeah. So with me being the voice box, well, I feel like in that point in time, I had to represent y'all to the corporation and, uh, St. Louis County and things of that nature, because, what they don't understand is the reason why y'all not doing this for no mm-hmm. reason. Like, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's to serve a purpose and it's to bring awareness and it's to uh, let people know, Hey, we not playing around. Like we want justice. Like we tired of getting pulled over uh, for doing 41 in a 40 or mm-hmm. uh, you know, like we, we, and getting shot because you tell us to go into our glove compartment and get our registration and we get shot because mm-hmm. you know, like, we tired of it. So um, I'm glad I, you know, played a part in that, in that uh, situation. And uh, yeah, I just, I just applaud y'all. But yeah, but I think the story, thing. that story that you just told in itself is so powerful because any black person, like in corporate, any type of setting, I feel like has that moment where it's like culture versus uh, corporate. And yes. it's like, what do I do in that sense? And I think that that also speaks to you did the most powerful thing that you can do by just letting us be. Because every store that we went to, it was a different reaction. So with you, the whole goal is to go in, disrupt, um, get people to that would not pay attention any other time to pay attention, making them pay attention because now we're in your space. And that's all it is, and we're out of there. And you allowed that moment to happen, but we went to other stores that called the police, and it was became a whole scene or could get dangerous and things like that. But yeah. I just feel like as black folks, a lot of times people used to ask um, or say, like, I'm not a protester. How do I get involved? You used the authority and power that you had at that time to allow us to get our message across. So that's just you being in your space doing what you can in that time um, to help. So when people ask, like, what do I do? That's exactly it. If you're not wanting to be a protester, if you're not wanting to be a quote-unquote activist, it's taking up space and wherever you are and making sure you push for the culture, even if it's just a little bit, because you're opening the door for somebody else to do more. Definitely. And uh, even, like, with my team members, like, um that I had like you know I had like people back in electronics and soft lines and all that um like they was like wow you really handled that well then you know Mm -hmm. I thought and they were even saying yeah you know I'm glad I ain't gonna drop any of my uh my old co-workers name I'm glad so-and-so wasn't here because I don't know how they would have handled the situation Mm -hmm. um so um the stars were aligned that night uh with me uh closing the store and I'm definitely glad that um I had the opportunity to experience that uh, from both ends because it definitely taught me a lot. Like, 
in my career and learning, you know, more about, you know, social activism and um, things of that nature and uh, like really paying attention to politics because, mm-hmm. uh, and granted, I probably because um, I graduated that year as well, uh, back in May, um, I pay attention to like politics and stuff a lot more since that uh since that since five years ago Mm -hmm. um and that's probably one of the reasons why so that i can be aware of what's going on in our country as well as uh my rights um so tolero tequila is 100 percent black owned 100 percent organic smooth velvety and crisp this tequila does not need chasers, nor is it fuzzy or cause hangovers. This drink has been voted Tequila of the Year a couple times and is currently available in uh, about 10 states right now, with more states coming soon. Make sure you follow them at T-A-L-E-R-O Tequila USA on Instagram and Facebook. Please drink responsibly. I, I'm like Mike Brown has he no we didn't know this at the time of course five years ago but I feel as if the Mike Brown situation has woke us up mm-hmm. um, we've been asleep for I want to say uh, 50 some years maybe 40 40 years I'll say 30 40 um, mm-hmm. after Black Panthers went away yeah um, we uh, we went into a into a coma but uh I think uh, we uh, finally got off uh, the life alert system, um, the life support <laughs> system, and uh, woke up, and uh, now we walk in and running and ready to fly again. So, yes. uh, definitely. So, um, I guess since over the five years, what what are some of uh, encounter other encounters that have that you remember the most? Um, I know I've seen you like in IHOP in one situation. Um, what 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 was the uh, what was the most memorable? Uh, situation that you can think of from you know the protests so one action that always stuck with me was we used to do these um brunch shutdowns on the weekends and we went to a bunch a brunch spot of that was a prestigious spot in the central west end um, and we had a demonstration so we actually had like a white person dress up as a cop um, a black guy dressed up as Mike Brown and just basically showcase what happened um, in, in the middle of the restaurant like while people are eating um, to bring it again just to bring it to people's faces so they have to pay attention and after that we started having conversations with people in the restaurant and I sat down with a table of four white men and we had just a, a discussion and it didn't get disrespectful. Um, a lot of the times you get disrespected and everything, but it didn't get dis- uh, disrespectful. Um, we just got to talk. We got to hear each other's side. And they left with more understanding. Um, and that one was just so impactful for me because it's not just about causing disruption or having screaming matches with the people who don't agree. It really is also about teaching and helping people learn about things that they don't understand. So to be able to have that conversation and have four white men, like the exact opposite of who I am, um, 
be able to at least hear my story and hopefully pass it on to their circle um, was one of the most memorable points for me in how it mattered what we were doing. Mm. Definitely. And uh, it's, I'm, I'm actually glad that happened because I thought you were about to say something like, once you said four white men, I'm like, uh-oh, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, because it's right. like crazy, but I'm actually glad that you brought up a a positive a positive encounter that uh, might have, you know, taught everyone something that was there. Um, you know, and I, I, I definitely, you be, hey, you, you definitely be out here grinding because like I see you in front of like SWAT team members, like in a face, mm-hmm. like, hey, no justice, no peace, like and with like the the big microphone, and I'm like, okay, I see, I see it. She, you know, doing doing thing. Like we really like you. I feel like you are an unsung hero that doesn't get talked about as much as I feel like you should. Like I feel like, in my opinion, like you should be sitting down with some of these CNN analysts, like Angela Rye and uh, Mark on my head. Like I feel like you can represent us as well on. Uh, those networks and um that's why i wanted to get you on here to you know um so people can really you know understand who you are and that um we have a real life activist here in st louis that's been fighting the fight for over the the five years and she doesn't let anybody forget it either so um let's uh fast forward to what was the date um 2016, 2017, Collins Kaepernick's last football game uh-huh. up until now. Where do you stand with uh, Colin Kaepernick? I think Colin Kaepernick is, he would have been a Ferguson protester, right? So he would have been the one that was disrupting when everybody else said, just be quiet and let what happens, happens. We don't know what's going to happen yet. Like, he was one of us. Like, he would have been one of the ones in the streets. And I have so much respect um, for Kaepernick, for his sacrifice, um, for everything that he's been doing since. The Know Your Rights camp, uh, the campaigns that he's been running, like, that is a brilliant, amazing man that did not have to use his platform to speak on injustice, but he did. And he's taking everything for it, and he's still holding on to it. A lot of people would have probably given up by now to get back into the NFL. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, and uh, I don't know if you listened to our last uh, last podcast episode. We did the top 50 Greeks of all time with the uh, Midwest Greek lifestyle and uh, the Free Roots. But um, I had to put Colin Kaepernick, or I call him Colin Kaepernick, uh, in my top (laughs) ten because of those reasons. Um, He's definitely shifted. He's another shifter in Mm -hmm. our society. Mm -hmm. Um, He's another person. I think of you and Colin Kaepernick as alarm clocks, you know, to – I keep using this wake-up analogy, but y'all are the alarm clocks we need, you know? Like, okay, uh, August 9, 2014 happened. And, you know, a year later, you know, you were out here leading Colin Kaepernick, you know, two, three years later after the the Mike Brown incident, he wakes us up once again. Um, mm-hmm. It's good to have these people in society to let us know, like, hey, we need to stay alert at all times and um, fight for what we deserve. So um, where, um, 
what did, what did you think about um I guess the whole Jay Z move? Phew, so I have been listening to a lot a lot of people's opinions on what what's going on, um, a lot of articles about it because one thing that our community has gotten really good at that I feel like is dangerous is this cancel culture. Um mm-hmm. And I always tell people we need to shift that narrative. We don't have to cancel people. What we can do is hold them accountable. So accountable culture versus cancel culture. So should we be holding Jay-Z accountable? Yes, because the the move that he makes right now, I don't see how that is going to trickle down to the people. Um, Unless there is just some elaborate plan that he has I can't see it right now I don't feel it right now I know that what he did doesn't feel good to me um I feel that since Kaepernick is saying that he didn't get that phone call that doesn't feel Mm -hmm. good to me because right now what it feels like is that you made a power move for yourself on the back of somebody else and then kicked him in your reasoning why um because the way that he like Jay-Z talked about it was as if the action for the NFL to change was something behind music or like that. And and no, that's not what Kaepernick was doing. Him being blackballed by the NFL means that we have to keep the protest going. He, they showing yeah. that the culture in the NFL still doesn't hear the voices of black people. And when somebody stands up, you're going to be blackballed. So we have every single reason to keep going. So when Jay-Z made that quote that keeps going around about like everybody knows what's going on, it's time to put some action behind it. Like if you feel like that, then you don't know what's going on because it's time to still shut it down because trying to get black people to rewatch the NFL for whatever he is trying to do. No, they don't deserve us. If you can't listen to us, listen to our struggles, our pains here, Kaepernick, if you're gonna blackball him, then you don't deserve us. Period. Yeah, yeah. I understand. And I guess where where I stood with Jay Z and like, um, I feel as if um, he's he's playing the he's playing the fence. Like, mm-hmm. um, like he, I feel like Jay Z wants to support Colin Kaepernick, but of course, he wants to make money at the same time. Um. So I don't know. Some people call it capitalism. Um, mm-hmm. I call it Jay Z being Jay Z. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to give him a. I honestly, I want to see where this goes because, yeah. like, um, like listening to Jay Z music recently, he's been all about you know um, black culture. I guess I should say you know mm-hmm. um, growing out his hair natural. Um, mm-hmm. His whole four 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 album, the story of OJ. You know, um, I feel as if. Hopefully he's on to something, but I, I like you said, like you mentioned, like uh, you gotta, you know, I feel like you gotta wait it out. But I think hopefully. that that that's that point to like we don't have to cancel him yet. Like the culture yeah. that we live in with that yeah. cancel, like my uh-huh. Angelou would have never been able to grow into my Angelou. Like Detroit Red would have never been able to come become Malcolm X. Like yep. we never would have been able to grow. Some of our amazing leaders would have never gotten to that point because they would have been canceled way before they even made it there so I think that that's why like you hold uh, 
you hold them accountable. Like you said, all of those um, cultural trends that Jay-Z has been doing, his albums are all about black economics and um, uplifting the black community. So he has been showing that's what he is about. So we have to hold him accountable. Like if you're, if you're making this move, you're going to have to tell us something. Like, we need to know something because <laughs> yeah, definitely. this don't feel good for the for the culture right now because people really sacrifice, like, watching. And, like, some people, happiness came from watching the NFL, and they sacrificed that happiness on Sundays. I don't know much about the NFL, but I think people play on Sundays and Mondays. So people yeah. sacrifice their happiness. Thursdays, too, now. On autumn days, that's three days <laughs> in the week that your yeah. day could be made, but they made the active choice not to to stand for us. So you got to stand for us or we're going to make sure like you do that. So we're going to hold you accountable. I don't want to cancel you right now because I don't know what the plan is. But at the end of the day, like I'm going to hold you accountable because brother, they don't feel real brotherly right now. Yeah. And I hope that, you know, um, the plan, this is what you know, I kind of hope that this this whole ordeal does. So hopefully, uh, one, it brings more black ownerships ownership into the NFL, mm-hmm. um, especially with the league being seventy percent black players. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great to be great to see some black owners in those uh, owner boxes. You know, in those stadiums. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess another thing would be, of course, um, to I guess one thing that people have had problems with is like the Super Bowl halftime show, which is why I guess, you know, Jay-Z got involved, which he also uh, told Jermaine Dupri not to do it. But Jermaine Dupri just ruined it by saying some off plan. I don't know if you saw what Jermaine Dupri said today. Um, have no, you heard? what he say? Oh, my goodness. So basically, I, we ain't going to talk about J.D. You got to look it up. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> basically, he they asked him uh, – who who what female rappers do he like and he said you know what uh they uh hold on i don't want to i don't let me let me search for it real quick because i don't want to mess up the quote i saved it too where is it it's uh he said what did he say he said uh i was like dang for real dog you you just you really just said that huh okay. uh, what's what's the name of it Shoot, what's the name of that? Ah, dang it. Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Give me some time, give me some time. <laughs> uh, all female rappers sound the same, it's just like strippers, uh... so, yeah. So, um, yeah, so <laughs> we we just we was just defending this dude. Now he just says some like, yeah, come on, dog, but like, what yeah. you doing? But no, I hope that um, it uh brings more black owners, uh, more, I guess, awareness and. I mean, to be honest, this might be out, out, like outlandish, but what if like this move like stopped them from doing like the national anthem? Like, what if they like start? I don't think America the Beautiful is a racist. I don't think that came from racist background. I'm not sure. I have to do research on that, but we know uh, the national anthem. You know, the mm-hmm. part the, that they took out or whatever. Maybe that's something that gets changed as well, so that um, that creates change to let you know the players know like hey this was once this was created um to i guess in my opinion demean uh demean black people um mm-hmm. but then we understand that and maybe we could you know do like america the beautiful or 
I don't know, something else. I don't know. It's it's so much I feel like can come from this. But like you said, we just gotta we can't cancel them yet. We gotta mm-hmm. we gotta keep that Netflix subscription until uh Netflix raised them prices up to twenty five dollars a month or something. So. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's 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 my. Because Netflix on their way to cancellation, let me tell you, they raised that price a couple months. <laughs> you so silly. You a fool. Let's uh let's get into for the culture STL though. Um, yes. can you explain what that is and uh why'd you start it and things of that nature? Yes, so ForTheCultureSTL.com is a directory of Black-owned businesses in the St. Louis area and Black events. Um, So it's a calendar of events that are tailored to or by Black folks. Um, And then we just recently added a catalog that features uh, Black businesses from all over the USA. So if you want to do some shopping and you want to support Black-owned, you can go to ForTheCultureSTL.com, go to the catalog session. Uh, we have two different ones. We have the spring and summer, which is up now, and then we're going to be transitioning soon into the fall and winter. And For the Culture STL was actually brought up because in 2017, um, we had another big surge of protests after the Jason Stockley verdict. Um, and in that protest, I started doing a lot more of the organizing. Um, and we had like 100 plus days of economic shutdowns. And once those started to slow down and we were coming out of the protests for that, um, I knew I wanted to stay involved, but I didn't know how. So a lot of times people go from protest to policy or protest to politics or helping organizations that do those things. And I pay attention to policy more now. I'm more um, paying attention to politics as well, but that's not Mm -hmm. my passion. Um, Mm -hmm. And I realized that community work and gathering black folks together and uplifting, because I used to just use my social media, go to a black owned space, post about it and tell people to go there. But I realized it was so many spaces to go to (laughs) and it was so many businesses, so many restaurants, so many events. So I was like, we really deserve a platform that is, yes, for us. So that's how For the Culture came along. For us, by us. Exactly. I feel it. Um, And like, I be, I'm glad that like, like I said, I've become more aware as I've gotten older, uh, older, mm-hmm. and because I've always like known who I was as a black person, um, mm-hmm. like my grandma had me reading the uh, uh, autobiography of Frederick Douglass in the first grade. Um, like we Ooh. had, we had. I went to all black schools from kindergarten to high school, and like in our classes, we learned all about black people. You know, when mm-hmm. Black History Month came along, we had our Black History Month trivia's, and you know, I was winning all of them. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> like we, like I've been embracing so much blackness that like I'm glad that I had that when I was a child and as a teenager mm-hmm. because now um I, I I already know who I am as a black person like I don't need anything to be you know validated from that but mm-hmm. for those who didn't have that um growing up it's good to have platforms like for the culture STL and the free roots which is also here mm-hmm. based in St. Louis as well um to kind of remind us who we are as people. Yeah. So, um, do you know who Free Roots is, by the way? Have you ever met them? I have. We talk on social media all the time. 
You know he here. Like he a Q. He um. I, he, listen, uh, I literally just found that out because I was like, sick. I'm. I definitely need you to send me a picture so I know who I'm talking to. <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. He in St. Louis. That's, that's the homie. A great brother. A great and doing amazing things. Uplifting some, some amazing stories too. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he. Cause he went to uh, Carnarita too, but he graduated what Carnarita like oh four or something. Um, he he older, but um, he he got that you know blackness growing up as well. Mm-hmm. Granted, I believe he went to like white schools, like uh, elementary and middle, but like when he got the and he was always raised on books as well because his mom and dad are got their doctorates and you know stuff like that. So he's always been instilled as well, and it's good to see him out here doing his thing with mm-hmm. uh, Free Roots, which he's supposed to be having a Free Roots picnic in 2021 or some summer or something, so um, that'll be interesting. I think y'all should you you should, y'all should should team up for it, because he already yeah. put me on the committee, so uh, <laughs> he, he, he volunteered me. He's like, yeah, little bro, you on there. I'm like, alright, I guess. <laughs> for the culture kickback, though, I gotta, I gotta, I definitely gotta make it to one of those. It, yeah. it definitely looks like a great time. Um, I, I, I don't know how to double that. So y'all gonna have to like, you know, do the single one for me and I can't jump in. I'm gonna have to like stand in the stand middle in. of it and like, like, yeah. Cause I can't be doing that. Like, I don't know what it is. Like I, I just can't jump in it. Like every time I jump in, it just stops. So it's like, you know, like how you, how you used to play, uh, when you jump in when it's your birthday, like January, yes. February, March, every time it got to October, it stopped, boy. Like, <laughs> every time it got to my birthday, I, October, we ain't never get to November, December. They used to be mad at me. <laughs> but I mean, I, I I just couldn't get it down. So, but you know, uh, this was a good conversation. I'm glad you uh, took the time out to, you know, chat with me. You want to um, share any social medias, websites, so that people, um, if they don't already, can follow you? Yes. So as far as for the culture, make sure you bookmark. And if you have an Android, you can download the app that's for the culture STL. So it's for the culture STL.com. Um, we have an Instagram for for the culture STL. You can follow my personal pages is Ohun, O-H-U-N, Ashay, A-S-H-E on everything, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Okay, cool. Delta creating change for her environment. That is Ohan Ashe, everybody. Um, we really appreciate you listening to this episode. Um, and y'all know how to support the podcast. Um, like, share, comment, all that good stuff. Um, this is Mr. Profites Be Like. You know how to find us on all our social media platforms at Profites Be Like. And if you don't know how to spell Profite, ask a Profite. We out.